Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tupper. I have a microphone in front of my face. Another person who has a microphone in front of their face is my co-host for the evening. He's the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Yeah, no, you, you, you're the one oh, with a oh, microphone oh, in front of your face. Well, hello, Greg. Yeah, I was looking around to see who else had a microphone in front of their face. No, it's just you, man. It's like, just uh, us. If there was somebody else, like with a microphone in front of their face, then like uh, one of us could beg off the podcast for the day. <laughs> but uh, but no, we grind. We're out here grinding. Out here grinding. Um, this is the Rylecast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District fifty eight ten. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Coming up here in just a moment, an electrifying interview with Mason Hall who will not listen to this. She told me after we got done rec- recording the, the interview, she told both of us, she was like, I'm not listening to that. And I'm like, why? She did great. It was a great interview. Yeah. I, I, I would say that I, I would bet the vast majority, I would be interested to know this for real, but I bet the vast majority of um, interviewees don't mm-hmm. listen to their se- section of their own podcast. So that's interesting because I, um, I only, I only go back and listen to the interviews. Oh, this. okay. I thought, yeah. I thought you were going to say you only listen to when you're talking on. Yeah. Podcasts. I skip past whenever you're talking. I'm like, oh, this is boring. Um, but so I, it's funny. Cause like I am, and there's probably a leadership lesson here somewhere, but like, as somebody who does some broadcasting for a living, whether it's mm-hmm. in television form or it's in podcast form, I really do not go back and like watch tape very often anymore. Mm. Um, I've done it a couple times when I've done like color commentary on games because I'm still relatively newish to it. But like I have not, I have not listened to. We did today. We did episode one thousand seven hundred thirty nine of of our podcast at my at my big boy job and mm. i i don't think i've listened to a, an episode in legit like four years okay uh, like just keep pumping it out for other people <laughs> but what's but what's interesting what's funny about that uh so a friend of mine and this is a name drop I, i'm happy to name drop this uh ted emmerich is a friend of mine oh okay that is a name drop now ted emmerich for for those who don't know ted emmerich is a um he's a he's a um a play-by-play guy. His dad, I actually worked with his dad in the infancy of my career. Uh, and he was a real, his dad was a real mentor for me before his passing. Um, Roger Emmerich, the legendary, the Radio Hall of Famer. And, and you want to talk about somebody you really want to learn from, you know, sit at his, his, his feed and just listen to him, he'll spin yarns. But anyway, uh, Ted is his son. And Ted is so wildly talented. He's unbelievable. And if you've ever listened to Ted Emmerich, uh, you've probably heard him call college basketball games or college college football games or things like that on ESPN and stuff. Uh, he'll also do. I've worked with him on some high school stuff. Um, but if you hear him now, you've heard Ted. You're familiar with Ted. I I I, I love Ted's voice. He doesn't know who Ted's I am. Ted's voice is unbelievable. It's yes. like it is like it is it is. It's honestly if if I didn't know him and I didn't see his voice coming out of his his head, um, I would be like, oh. That's AI. Like that is the, <laughs> yes, that's, that's that is the platonic ideal of, <laughs> of like an of an a sports play by play voice. It's incredible. And so I asked him when we were at state championships this past December. I asked him. I was like, Ted, let me ask you a question. Do you hate the sound of your own voice? 
Because that's what you hear all the time, right? Is everyone hates the sound of their own voice. Right. And Ted's response was, and I won't even try to tell him my impression. He's like, it's okay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's that's like a that feels like a real like scientific like um like experiment of like, okay, here's somebody with one of the top one percent of voices in the world. Right. Okay. And he's like, eh, my voice is okay. I think we can <laughs> safely put to bed that everyone hates the sound of their own voice. <laughs> oh wow. That's yeah, that's a good that's a good study. Cosine. Yeah, like, like does the um, like does the guy, does the guy who does like let's get ready to rumble, does he hate the sound of his own voice? Mm-hmm. You know, was it uh, Buffer, and, Michael Buffer? And 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 could you ever get like a straight answer out of it? Like, is that was there some ego associated with yeah. there? Like, no, I love that voice. Oh. oh, I'm sure there's a real interesting deep dive into like uh, like identity and be like, oh, like what if you like lost your voice? Like, what? Like, mm. how would you define yourself? Like, and so anyway, we won't get into that considering <laughs> Michael Buffer is not sitting here. Uh, anyway, stay tuned to hear uh, to hear Mason Hall's uh, uh, a wonderful voice here on the podcast coming up here uh, in just a little bit uh all right josie it's time to kick this bad boy off and i've got the big segment you got the big boy and and i want to i want to be very clear about my intentions with this is that i'm trying to get two segments out of one thing all right i'm trying to get a value meal out of this okay because i'm reading a book i'm Mm. reading a book and right now I am not at liberty to tell you what book it is or what I think about the book, because that may be another segment for another podcast. <laughs> but I do want to expound on a story, a parable, a parable, something that was in this book that really caught my eye that I think is 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 an interesting kind of case study. And what I want to talk about is the Navy. Now the the Navy. The Navy. Like okay. Like like in the Navy. Like, like in the Navy. Yes. Like uh yeah, specifically. Uh the Navy. And I want to talk about the USS Benfold. Now, the USS Benfold is not to be confused with Ben Folds, formerly of Ben Folds Five my all-time favorite band. No, the USS Benfold is a guided missile destroyer uh, in the USS Navy fleet. And this was years ago, um, but it was known as the worst performing ship in the Navy. It was known as just like, and I think we, like we think about, I I would love to talk with somebody in the military because I think like, civilians like us we think about the the military as like uniform and like everywhere you go like they're the same as 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 the another squadron or another unit or like this ship is just as good as the other ship no 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 the the uss <laughs> the uss benfold had a reputation and the reputation was uh it's just not it's just not performing well um and the uh the the quote that came out was it was a quote dysfunctional ship with a sullen crew that resented being there and could not wait to get out of the navy okay so that's a sell job on the uss benfold and they bring in 
they they had changed a variety of different uh, commanders, and they brought in a gentleman in his mid thirties by the name of Michael Abrashoff. Michael Abrashoff is his name. A-B-R-A-S-H-O-O-O-F-F. Uh, and he wrote a great book about this that I'm not reading. This is not the book that I'm talking about called It's Your Ship, Management Tech Management Techniques for the Best Damn Ship in the Navy. And he wouldn't write a book, and he certainly wouldn't write a book with that title if he hadn't turned that boat around. And he had turned that ship from one of the worst performing ships in the Navy into one of the very best performing ships in the Navy. And uh, from what I understand, the book is is worth your time. However, what is interesting about the way that he did this is that he was able to turn the entire fortune of the ship without changing a single crew member. He didn't fire oh. anybody, didn't kick anybody out. He found a way to change the, the, the way that the ship operated. And he talks about whenever he was, um, whenever he first came on board, they have like a big ceremony for like the, it's like the outgoing uh, uh, captain leaves and the new captain comes on, right? They roll the red carpet for, mm-hmm. uh, for, for reasons you can understand. And apparently whenever the captain was like relieved of his duties, like officially, there was like a big cheer that went up among the crew members. Oh. Like, I want you to think about that, okay? In the <laughs> in the military, where they're basically trained to be like, you know, st- you know, steady as she goes, there's like a big woohoo whenever this captain leaves. And essentially, one of the things that he did that he did really well was to say, was to identify that the um was to identify the problems that were going on here and saying, uh, so there's a quote from from here uh, with uh, in his It's Your Ship uh, book. Our military has spent a lot of time and money preparing for tomorrow's battles with antiquated methods. We continue to invest in the latest technologies and systems, but as we all know, technology is nothing but a facilitator. The people operating the equipment are who give us the fighting edge, and we seem to have lost our way when it comes to helping them grow. And so... He started kind of digging in and trying to figure out a way to change the way the, the way that the ship operated. And what he ended up finding out was the best thing that he could do was to view the ship through the eyes of the crew. Right. Mm, okay. What are the what are the crew going through here? Like why? Like they obviously are not having a great time. Mm-hmm. They want to get out of the navy. What's going on here? And one of the things that that he talked about was, especially in the military, he would go for he would he would find out that you know in in the military there is a, a notion of you just don't question your authorities, right? This is your captain. You listen to them. And there is the what they call the uh, the so called command and control. Right. Command and control, which is uh, the most efficient. You know, that th- they talk about that's that's the way the 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 that those type of linear hierarchies tend to work, which is like they're in command, they're in control. They tell you what to do. You listen to them. That obviously wasn't working the way that he, you know, he, he mentioned that. Um, you know, they don't in the Navy, there's a general understanding that they don't want rules to be questioned or challenged. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Right. But one of the things that he worked hard at was convincing his crews crew that yes, I do want those rules to be questioned or challenged because the they is us. The hmm. they you there is no they. Right. What we want to do is we want to try to knock down those barriers between the command and the crew. Right. Right. So now that's not to say that, like, look, when it gets to wartime, there still needs to be somebody who says, fire that missile at that area. Go do it. There still needs to be that chain of command. But that can be there can be like you're going to find a way that's the 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 shortest way to short circuit innovation and thought is to just say, you need to do what I say, plain and simple. And one of the and this was in the book that I'm actually reading, one of the ways that he found this out was at lunch that he would go to the mess hall. And what would happen is that all of the the crew members, all the all all the, uh, the 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 people on the ship would line up to get lunch. And what would happen is that the command would come down, and they jump the line. They jump the mm. line and they grab their food first, and they go and they they eat away from everyone else. They take it up to their offices or whatever, and they they'd eat. And that established that divide between the command and the crew. And so literally. He didn't say anything. He didn't do it. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't make a big deal out of it. He just started standing in the back of the line. Hmm. And people would come up like people like, you know, crew crew members would come up and say, uh, you know, Captain, you you can go up and get your food. He's like, no, yeah. no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm back here. And what happened was the next day, more commanders were back there. More people hmm. in charge were back there because they're following their leader and saying he, they're leading by example. And in the end, he there's a, a variety of other things that, that he did to, to help turn it around, but he didn't make any sort of like major structural changes to the way that the boat operated. He just changed the culture in a lot of ways. And I was absolutely fascinated by the story uh, of, of a guy who going in and simply changing the attitudes and changing the way that leaders speak to the people that they're leading can can take an, an organization that was one of the worst performing in their in in their unit and turn into one of the best performing. And uh, and I thought that was interesting. So the book that uh, that I'm not reading, I'll tell you about the book whenever I finish it because I'm about <laughs> halfway through. Uh, but the book that uh, the book that Michael Abrashoff uh, wrote was uh, was It's Your Ship Management Technique Techniques for the Best Damn Ship in the Navy. So uh, make sure you go check that out. There's my there's my big thing. That's a that's a good big segment, and that's I I like how there were like you you always hear not always but how to change your life just do one thing different every day mm-hmm. and it's like well that you know you you have changed your life mm-hmm. um, what one thing can I do and one thing just as simple as waiting your turn in the lunch line right um, was like the first step the first domino to fall that's what can yeah what can you do. What can you do? What small step can you make today that could change the culture of the organization that you're leading? And obviously yeah. he found some things that worked. So, yeah. Uh, I'll tell well, you thanks, more, about Greg. The, I'll tell you more about the book that I'm reading that I read that from. And then I did some more digging on it to turn it into a segment 
whenever I finish it, which hopefully uh, will be soon, about halfway through. Um, Rylicast Book Club. Stay tuned. Rylicast Book Club. Um, I want to invite you to go to our our, our website, rylic5810.org. Uh, you know, camp's coming up. Camp is coming up. You know, camp, like, if you want to get down to it, camp's like three months from right now. What if I don't want to get down to it, Greg? What if yeah, I'm you and I have a barrel of March? Yeah, you and I have a... Um, we have a call on Monday. Uh, There's like a planning meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and, and, you know, the, to all of our listeners, planning has been happening. Yeah. To, to be clear. To three months before the start of camp. This is another, this is like a, another planning meeting uh, coming up on, on Monday. Um, camp is, is rolling baby it is yes roll is is coming like applications are out we mentioned a last podcast that we did uh rile around up like we are we are humming along towards mm-hmm. uh towards the last week in may and uh and so go to rila5810.org for all the information uh there uh, so make sure you check that out uh and now speaking of somebody who i presume i guess i wouldn't ask her if she's going to be at camp this year i presume she applied um, this feels knowable this does feel knowable, and of course we do know it. But we can't say. We can't All that's say. to say, I hope you guys enjoy this scintillating interview with Mason Hall. Here's our conversation with Mason Hall here on the Rallycast. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. It, we book a guest every time we do the podcast, but few guests have been as nosy about the process of recording this podcast as our guest this week. Would you say that's true? I would say that's that's very true. Yes. We're pleased to be joined by making apparently her podcast debut, our friend Mason Hall. Hi, Mason. Hi, Greg. Hi, Josie. Uh, Hello. So this can't help this, but be a little curious. You told me in confidence before we came on that this was your um, your first podcast experience, um, and you were asking yeah. about how we were doing the whole thing. Uh, like, but you're good, right? Like, to, just to be clear, you're good. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, I just wanted to know what I was in for. Okay, well, this is a 90 minute Mason Hall tell-all. That's what this Mason's is. never going to tell you anything in confidence again. Yeah. No. Uh, so just like start at the it beginning. It had to be done. Start at the beginning. Let's just go year by year and, and really let it breathe. Like if you yeah. want to spend three hours on year, on your third year of life, like please, by all means, okay. go. So the origin of Well, I Hall. was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Okay. Mason, first of all, where are you? where are you broadcasting to us from? Um, my apartment in College Station. I go to Texas A and M. Well, whether you like it or not, this this is a this is an audio medium, but but it's an audio medium. But Josie and I are both doing the thumbs up. We're Mm -hmm. both gigging. Okay, good. I'm glad I have your support. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I'm here in my little bedroom. I had uh, class and work today, and podcast at night. How are things in College Station? rowdy they're fun okay. it's fun i like this school <laughs> yeah rowdy. yeah i had a class this morning and then um i work at a elementary school so mm-hmm. i had some work um after that as well 
We'll certainly it's a get long to day, that. But we'll, day. We'll, okay. we'll certainly get to that. Um, the way we like to start our interviews and our conversations uh, with our, our guests, and, and we certainly do appreciate your time. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your Ryla story? Yes. So I first heard of Ryla my early, my junior year in high school. My English teacher played us the iconic promotional video. And I just remember thinking, that looks so fun. I want to go to that so bad. But it's a leadership camp. Oh, you have to apply. Oh, I'm having instant doubts. I do not think I'm going to be able to do it. And I honestly, it went to the back of my brain. Then probably early January the next semester, my high school counselor hunted me down. And she said, Mason, are you applying to this camp? Mm, Miss Hughes, I don't have a good feeling about that. I don't know. I'm nervous. I don't want to put myself out there. All of that. And she said, well, that is too bad because I already wrote your name down. And okay, cool. We're doing this. So I send in my application and then I go to my interview and there are people there, business attire. They have their resumes in a portfolio. I have my resume on a, a single piece of paper and I'm just, I'm going to give this my all. We'll see where it goes. And I end up getting the call that I got in. Okay. Now I'm even more nervous because as previously mentioned, I don't know what to expect and I do not do good with uncertainty. And even going to the informationals, Dana is not going to give me the hour by hour breakdown I want because he does want to leave some surprises. So it, I, I was so nervous and it really wasn't until my buddy Joseph, who he was an alternate and he got the call that he was able to go. So I was excited. At least I have a buddy to go with, but I, I'm, I'm finally at this camp and of course you get pulled out of the cars and you're running. I think I blocked that out. I don't enjoy doing either of those things. <laughs> so I was like, what is this? I get into my chili pepper themed cabin and I see this gorgeous, blonde, blue-eyed woman approach me, Miss Joni Utz. And she is basically telling me the rundown, you know, here's where to put my bags. And other than that, it is complete silence. And it was awkward. And it was the idea of I can, the only way conversation is going to happen is if I initiate it. And that was my first tell all of what this camp is about to be. I am not good at stepping up or putting myself out there. And I think that's a lot of what Ryla taught me was if you want something to happen, you have to take that initiative. And that, that was a big learning experience. But um, yeah, just learning how to deal with different leadership types. Of course, you have like the koalas, the owls. And that was my first realization of I'm going to be working with different personalities to accomplish a goal. And that was, that was really cool to see. And I feel like I still use that daily, but I'll get into that later. And then after camp, you know, I had, I applied for advisory. We did that for a bit and then COVID hit. So I was, I was on Riley. Josie was, I worked with Josie. I was his AC in Riley. And that's, it's been that ever since. The, the jump, I can only imagine from Counselor Joni to Riley, <laughs> um, 
let's see, bowling bumper, bowling alley bumpers, Josie was, was shocking to say the least. Um, I was honored. I got to work with both the Uts. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a rare, that's a rare super factor yeah. there to like, uh, to go from one Uts to the other. Uh, Joni mm -hmm. won't talk to me. So that's, this is really good for you. <laughs> well, well done to you, Mason. Um, so, so Mason, what do you do, uh, today? You know, like, like abroad today, like what's, what's your, what are you doing? What are you doing in college station? So I am studying early childhood education, which is about pre-K to sixth grade. I am currently in my first semester of student teaching. So that looks like one day a week. I'm in the classroom from my contract hours are seven to three thirty PM. And I follow my mentor teacher blindly, whatever she does. If she has a meeting after school, if we have a half day, I'll still have to stay. Everything she does, I do as well. And then I work at a different elementary school, and it's like a part-time teacher's aide. So I'll go from class to class. I'll pull kids, and if they have homework they need to do, if they are learning a new project or a new concept, I'll help them review that. Or honestly, sometimes they just need to be pulled out and need a little bit of attention and love so it's it's constant every day looks different but i love it and how would you would you say ryla you use ryla in your your day-to-day -day, and if so how yes so earlier i was mentioning different personality types and how you're constantly going to be working with people who may not think like you or may not see the same path to accomplish the goal as you. I remember round robin. That's when you really start to get that idea of we all have different ideas, but we're here to accomplish one goal. I see that with my students because especially when I'm working, I'm getting every hour a different student who is learning a new concept, a different grade than the last student I worked with, different home life, different behaviors, and it's that adaptability that I constantly have to readjust myself. If the last kid really frustrated me, I have to take a breath. I have to pull it together because this next kid has nothing to do with that. So that constant check. But also when I'm with these kids, it's I, I'm there to help them accomplish whatever goal is needed to be done. So if I'm teaching them a new concept, but they are, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe that's academically or maybe that's an emotional thing. So I have to check myself there and say, okay, do I really need to sit down with them and go over this over and over? Or do I need to see how they are? Because sometimes I feel like all a kid needs is just to be seen. And I think we see that a lot at Ryla as well. Because a lot of these students, it's you see all these leadership abilities, but they don't see that in themselves. And they learn that that week. And I think that's really important. I know for me, sorry, I'm not letting you speak at all. But, this is, this uh, is, we talked about this as a Mason Hall tell on. People hear from us all the time. You're the <laughs> yeah. star of the show here. Do not feel bad. Okay. Th okay. Thank you. But it's the idea of having someone see the leadership qualities in you that you may not have seen in yourself. Because for me, when I was applying or even thinking about it, it was so much self-doubt. I cannot do this. That imposter syndrome, even when y'all ask me to do this, I'm like, why would they want to hear from me? You know, 
And, but reflecting it's, there were so many people along the way who saw something in me and the idea that I could do something greater. And if I, I think I'm like, I saw that in high school. What if I saw that in elementary? So that's been something that I've been really working on with my kids. And, you know, what if sometimes they don't need to review what two plus two is. Sometimes they just need a confidence booster or, you know, what, what can I do to help you accomplish this goal? Stuff like that. So, yeah, that, that constant ad- adaptability is something I, I use a lot. People can't, again, this is an audio medium, but people can't see me doing a lot of nodding into the, into the microphone. Uh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the husband of an elementary school teacher. So like a girl, I get it. I've heard all of these things. Do you know, this is for my own edification. Do you, do you know like what you want to teach or like, or is it just like dealer's choice? I, I don't know. I'm studying the degree of early childhood, Mm -hmm. but I don't see that and oh i'm getting an early like a degree in a teacher certification Mm -hmm. i eventually want to teach everything because if i want to do research or um be a professor or something i want to have a good concept of what i'm talking about but also it's i don't i don't know what i like i know i don't want to do kindergarten or first grade (laughs) i know i don't want to do that but as far as like older kids i feel i'm way too young now to do high school i feel like i have not mm-hmm. much wisdom to offer high schoolers so that will be something down the line but like elementary middle school intermediate i think that would be fun you, get, right you, get, you got more wisdom than you give yourself credit for um but <laughs> i will i will say this though like I, I think it's really interesting and i love talking i think okay i want to be very clear because i'm going to offend some people if i'm not if i'm not <laughs> clear about this i love every class of rylarian i want to be very clear i think 2019 rylarians had maybe the most unique experience in the sense of especially the 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 the, the ones who went to physical camp and then did Riley as as ACs. And 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 what's so fascinating to me is that I think there is an easy off ramp for you. It's just like a glowing giant sign like why would you deal with this? So <laughs> my question for you is why do you deal with this? Like what keeps you engaged? Why are you still, uh, you know, involved in, in, in Ryla and in, in the program? What keeps you coming back? I think it's the difference of the faces of the students or the campers when they leave the camp and then when they come. When they come, they are a complete shell of themselves. And then by the end, you slowly, even though I'm not in a cabin, you know, I'm more staff. I like to watch from the back and observe. But you can see those relationships forming and that confidence building. Confidence is everything. And to see them being pushed out of their limits and to grow within themselves is really powerful. And I, I love it. And I love seeing what they do with that, too. Like, uh, like what Greg was saying, um, I think it's it's fascinating. I think it's great that you're still here um, because like you don't know what you don't know. So from, from Greg's and my perspective, that 2019 year, you, you went through like essentially three new Ryla programs in the span of, of three years from 
traditional, I'll say traditional camp, Rye Lead, which was put together like like as a, a great as we success. Were... Everyone remembers that fondly and everyone loved it. What a win for Rylan. Mm -hmm. It 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 was a great success. Thank you, Greg. But I'm like like you're watching how the how the sausage is made real time and putting something in front of these students and, and we're relying on ACs in the traditional AC role, but the AC role is and I'm you know peeling back the curtain here, the AC role works because ACs were just in the camper shoes the previous year, but everybody was new in Rileed. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, there's no question there. There's just, uh, kudos to you, Mason. Um, <laughs> thank you. Well, it was nice. Um, I mean, I was excited for Riley and I was, and I was in the AC position. So that was exciting to have a little bit of responsibility. I was working with a great counselor oh, and so flattering. <laughs> thank you. What I was lucky with is usually when you're an AC, you have that gap year. And then the next year you can come back. My gap year was Riley. So for every opportunity I had to go to camp, I could go. I was also like a 20 year old being an ACA, <laughs> which I thought was funny. No one will have that experience. So that's true. Um, so so now comes the time sorry as you can see we are a well-oiled machine here and i'm looking for uh visual cues from my 68 my episodes in just can't we're just <laughs> we're doing we're nailing it uh, now comes the time and as you know as an avid listener um like rate and subscribe us on your podcast vendor of choice everyone um as an avid listener now comes the time in our program where uh, we ask our our guests to plug something, uh, book, podcast, um, audio book, uh, elementary school, things like that. College, um, eatery. That'd be good. The floor is yours. Okay. Give me one second to think you're going to have to cut this out. I'm not, I'm I, not I want to be very clear. <laughs> Josie's asked me multiple times to edit something out of the podcast and our listeners have heard every single one of them. So this is not going to cut out. Yeah. So you can, you can keep thinking and then just, uh, just butt in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In the, this in the spirit. So... Oh, I'm sorry. This is no, no, no. Go just for random, it. but it was probably the latest thing that I listened to and have been thinking about. It was Neil deGrasse Tyson mm -hmm. on the, what's his name? Joe Rogan podcast. I think that was the last thing I listened to, and it's the only thing coming to mind. But, okay, how I will wrap this in is he is big on the idea of the aspect of education and how important it is to keep learning. You don't just stop learning when you're in college. I, that's the point that's been sticking out with me. It's, you know, when I imagine myself graduating, I don't want to learn anything else. I, I'm full of knowledge. I'm good to go. But he changed that for me. It's mm -hmm. it's why I stopped there. There are so many aspects about life and society and the universe that it is fun to be a little curious. So I, I, I would plug that if I could. It's really fun. That's great. Don't make okay. you think. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mason. Uh, one last thing before we go. Um, I think we would be remiss as people who, who understand you and your role 
uh, within Ryla. I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, a very someone special in your life. Let's talk about your cat. Oh, uh, Mr. Zane Malik. Full legal name. Yeah, so full legal name is Mr. Zane Malik. Yes. Uh, he was... Mm-hmm. Just tell me everything about him. <laughs> so... Uh, Zayn Malik, he is 11 years old. He was my sister's cat originally. We had the litter of his brothers and sisters who we bottle fed and then took in. And she said, I have just the name for him, Zayn Malik. And I was always a Liam girl, so I wasn't really fond of his name. But she ended up going to college and leaving him with me. Now he is in my apartment. Greg? Josie, I'm not going to pay $400 pet deposit. Certainly. What I am going to do is get him certified with the emotional service animals of the United States for $75. And he is going to be with me by law. So I can fly with him. I can go into public areas with him. I can get him a vest if I wanted to. He's He said, I have an ID card that I carry around in my wallet. Granted, is. I do use him emotionally. He is very good at supporting me emotionally. But so, so he, I mean, yeah, to, to be clear, like to the authorities listening, like this yeah. isn't a scam. This is like, he I has have a, a legit emotional support cat for you. Yes. Not to be confused with a service animal. Very He's different. just emotionally mm-hmm. serviced. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, I have a note for him that I have to give places, but yeah, full legal name. He's Respect. binded with me by law. Okay. Thank you. And I um, knew, I know the actual band member would be proud as well. Yes. Shout out to Zane Malik, uh, a person. Zane I Malik, definitely... if you're listening. Yes. Yeah. A, a message to Zane Malik. Here we go. <laughs> oh no. If you're listening, just know that. Um, yeah. Those who are inspired of you are taking care of animals mm-hmm. whose names are also inspired by you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and of course we all knew both Josie and I, both very young people, very young, very hip. We both knew that Zane Malik was a member of one direction, uh, a yes. uh, British okay. uh, an English, Irish pop boy band formed in London in 2010. The group is uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Zane, Zane, just Javad Malik known professionally we, we knew as that. Zane Malik. We knew that. <laughs> Knew that from the word go. Uh, Mason Hall, thank you for your time. Thank you for being our guest on the Rylacast this week. Thank y'all so much for having me. This was such a pleasant uh, experience. There she is, Mason Hall. Her first podcast, you wouldn't know it. Uh, crushed it. I do think we, we, I'll just t- I'll tell on her. Um, we got done doing the interview and she she said, Boy, I, I hope you guys got to talk a little bit, like feel like you got to talk. And both of us were like, Listen, Mason, you are a welcome oasis in the desert yes. of Josie and Tepper talking on this podcast. I promise. So I know I know this part is going to get cut out, but do you think do you think Mason tells that to all the podcasts she's on? Oh, it's yeah. my first one. Oh, it's my first one. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, here's just a you know a, a fabulous story about all the things I've got going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we've been we've been had. 
I'm I'm confident that we've been had. Uh, we appreciate Mason Hall uh, joining us from Aggie Land down there uh, in College Station. C-stat. Now, CSTAT, Brian College Station, BCS. You know I'm going to be there in uh, the end of June. Is that the annual? Are, are you aren't you in that area annually? Yeah, state seven on seven. Do you know that okay. I will be? Dr- I will spend my birthday driving to College Station. Um. I did not know that. What a uh, what a treat! I'm sorry, or I don't I don't mind it. You know, it'll be fun. He said did, unconvincingly. Did you know? Okay, let me ask you a question. Would you rather drive to College Station or take a train? You know the answer to that. That you know gets I'm, you there in 45 minutes. You know I'm about pro that? train. You know I'm pro train. I'm especially pro high speed rail. Um, let's make it happen, folks. We're, let's make it happen. You heard it here uh, first. Let's uh, let's go to Andrew Josiatz to bring us home with uh, what at some point had a, a segment that had a name that was 60 episodes ago. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. We will get to your segment here in a moment. I was like, oh, um, do you see the pictures that were that were uh, we're redoing our studio at my big boy job? I did. Yes, that's, that's where yes. the podcast was born. I know I I um, was a little there were some tears being shed. Yeah. And then uh, I thought about making that social media public and then mm-hmm. thought, what if um, we were kind of moonlighting? Uh, <laughs> um, I had boy, that was now. Whenever we started this podcast. Oh my gosh, 20, 2018, 2018. I'm fairly certain I let my boss know we were doing it. My boss is, I, I will say this for my boss. He's always been very supportive about my involvement with Ryla, uh, taking a week off you know, of work and just say, hey, dude, like deuces. Um, but uh, he's always been very supportive. So I'm fairly certain he knew. But I'm, if not, I'm, thanks, Adam. <laughs> I'm fairly certain he knew as well because. I was never really asked what I was doing there as I was wandering the halls of, yeah. of Dave Campbell's. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks uh, for that. Thanks for, can't wait good. to anyway. get into the new space. Yeah. Now you can get into the new space. Um, let's go to Andrew Josiatz with uh, our, our final segment. Go Josie. Well, <laughs> thank you, Greg. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for vamping. Elegant. Elegant um, as always. Um, so I'm, I'm trying something different. Um, in, in life, not like in this segment, like this segment, I think works as is, um, they, uh, at work, I have, um, some supervisees, which just feels weird to like say, um, and I'm, I'm going to start with like, a start doing a weekly kind of things. I think, I think, um, I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that concept, um, to kind of just get the, uh, get the creative juices flowing. Um, maybe empower us all to think a little deeper about uh, how to solve the world's problems uh, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I stumbled upon um, a Substack called Fearless Culture by okay. Gustavo Rossetti, which is definitely how you pronounce his name. Um, and Gustavo has a, a is a describes himself as a workplace culture designer um, and best-selling author of Remote Not Distant, a book about you know this new hybrid world mm-hmm. we're living in. Uh, published in 2022, I have not read it yet, but uh, that would be pretty funny if that was the book you're reading. And it's uh, not. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Well, one um, one topic I found out, he wrote an article uh, called Disagree and Commit, a five-step playbook to make faster, smarter decisions. Uh, and it's a article he wrote back in August. And I think we touched on it in a previous uh, podcast episode because the, the concept sounds familiar. And it's this idea of how to get rid of groupthink um, and Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. has incorporated this disagree and commit process. Um, and it all stems from um, someone at GM, excuse me, where who they, they were trying to make a decision. And he said, you know, kind of open it up to the group. And there were no dissenting opinions. Um, and he said, you know, let's postpone further discussion of this matter until our next meeting. It'll give us time to develop disagreement and perhaps gain a better understanding of what this decision is about. And I think that's a, a really cool idea that, you know, as someone who could use less meetings in their life, um, mm-hmm. sometimes I find myself in meetings saying, okay, let's just, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Mm-hmm. But silence it needs to be challenged at times, especially when you're trying to work in this collaborative, um, in this atmosphere. And um, sorry, did you have something? No, that I was you, you look like you were. It, it it seems like if you put out an idea in a group and it has like unanimous support, I know that that like sounds great, but then you think about it for more than two seconds, you're like, oh, that's not good. No, 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 right. no. Like, what are we all doing here if we all think that this is a good idea? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that so this idea of disagree and commit is a is a five step process that's built upon challenging whoever's idea they put forward. Um, and so you you propose is the first step, present the problem or solution, and team members can ask clarifying questions, and then disagree immediately debate the problem or the solution. Uh, And these disagreements can't just be like, I hate Greg's idea because I don't like Greg. Uh, It has to be supported by evidence, data, or examples. And then you go to a decision and the team makes or ratifies a decision um, using various methods. And then you commit. And this, this commit piece is very critical because regardless of the initial stance, everybody on the team has to commit to successfully executing the decision and then you implement and the team works together on implementation monitors roadblocks yeah you know yada 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 but it's this disagree and commit that i find really fascinating about hey i don't think your idea is as good as everybody thinks it is for these reasons but if this is the idea we're moving forward with i am all in and and that um, I think is just a really neat tool. You know, if somebody's trying to change workplace culture, or just get a little more um, collaboration in their meetings, this disagree and commit process um, would probably be a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. Disagree and commit. Disagree and commit. Okay. As well. Okay. And Gustavo. Gustavo Fring? Rossetti. Yeah. Gustavo Fring. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, rewatching um, Better Call Saul. So oh, yeah. very familiar with Gustavo Fring. Um, yeah, Gustavo Rossetti. And it's it been implemented by uh, Jeff Bezos over at Amazon. So I think there's several articles if you just look up disagree and commit. 
disagree and commit. Uh, that's a good way to. It's a good way to, to to go about things. And and yeah, like I said, there's nothing there's nothing scarier than like as somebody who run who 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 will run meetings from time to time of when like I'll say, I think we should do this. And then like everyone in the room is like, mm-hmm. And just nods. I'm like, okay. Like best case scenario, you're not listening. Right. You know? <laughs> uh so yeah, I, I think that that's a, that's a good way to, to to go about things. Thanks, Josie. Thanks, Craig. You're welcome. Uh, okay, so Ryla5810.org, follow us on social. Um, and yeah, is there anything else we need to tell people about like the nuts and bolts? Um, we planned this. This is a produced podcast. I think so. We we have the uh everyone we've received all the the staff and, and support staff applications, mm-hmm. but if you are it's a call to action, if oh, you are a rotary club get to interviewing those kids. Yes, yes. We're going to need and those if, students. Yes, if you're a student and you're like, I have got to see if I got to see what's going on here in this podcast and like for the real deal, those applications are out as well. Bingo, bingo. Um, so yes. check our social media feeds for more information on those. Talk to your high school guidance counselor or your local Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. Yes, go talk to your local Rotary Club. Just go ahead, just go check in. Like, hey guys, what's up? Yeah, what, what you guys got going on? They'll Rotary, they'll they'll guide you the way. Rotary clubs give scholarships too. Yeah. Just uh, if you're into yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, let's be smart here, guys. Let's think this through. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, please go and rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to this uh, and and leave a comment uh, and tell a friend uh, about this podcast. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the podcast is uh, Josie. Well, thanks, Craig. Yes, go to a, I mean, not, you don't have to go to wherever you are. Um, write a message, listen to the Rylacast in some, you know, chalk, maybe some sticks, you know, maybe light like a, like a SOS smoke fire, wherever you are, mm. maybe you're in the wilderness, maybe you're on at your street. And then when you leave, this is the really key part in the antiquated way. When you leave, do a little Hansel and Gretel situation and leave breadcrumbs mm. from that mm. spot so that whoever mm-hmm. comes back and finds those breadcrumbs will eventually find listen to the Rylacast messaging and then they'll listen to the Rylacast. Really smart. Really smart. Get some panko. Uh, Thanks for doing it for us. Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Craig. Talk to you next time on the Rylacast.